0: The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyse. A self-contained podcast, who knows how long, located between your ears. A place of discussion and fun for newcomers and veterans. A shining download online. All alone on the web. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting. The year the Introcast War came upon us all. This is the story of a Babylon Five Introcast. The year was 2014. The show, down below.
1: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon Five Introcast. I'm Will. I'm Man. I'm Heidi. We're having Skype problems, so that's why Elizabeth's not here. Hopefully she'll be able to join us in a few minutes. But we are pleased to be joined by another first-time visitor to Down Below. Say hello to Edmund.
2: Hi, Edmund.
1: Hi, everybody. Very happy to
2: be here. And am I getting a chance to talk about Babylon 5 on the Internet once again?
1: Well, Edmund, tell us how you came to know Babylon 5 and tell us about uh, your involvement with the Babylon podcast
2: certainly um yeah actually uh viewer wise i kind of consider myself uh one of the rare first ones uh Uh, i was actually living in new york city when uh the show started and uh where it actually had a uh, regular time slot and uh so i uh was very excited to watch the the pilot um at the time it was mainly because uh, of harlan ellison's involvement who's one of my favorite authors and uh didn't know anything about this guy with all the consonants in his name, but uh, <laughs> needless to say, uh, after the uh, the pilot, and then once we got into the first season, was uh, you know, well, um, you know, r- rapidly became aware of the, uh, the 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 genius of JMS, and uh, so got to uh, got to watch the th- the show all the way through, um, basically without interruption um, during the five years and uh and actually at the time was not able to get uh, a lot of my friends into the into the show there were a couple of us um but uh it was uh later as you mentioned uh the the babylon podcast came along in the the mid-2000s and uh i discovered that show about 15 episodes in and uh Started sending in emails and eventually guest hosted, and uh, a bunch of us uh, actually uh, started up an audio drama based on Babylon 5 called A uh, Three Edged Sword, um, which actually I, started with, with voicemails um, that were sent into the Babylon podcast. And uh, I, I
0: do remember your contribution to that, and um, I'm sorry, I didn't get around to listening to your own podcast. Oh, uh, that's all right.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I definitely remember your contributions to that show. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was uh, a was lo- a a lot of fun um, as we as uh, there were a bunch of us who got uh, sort of increasingly dragged into the uh the podcast and then uh, actually there's uh, four of us who have uh, since uh, moved on to doing a uh, a basically like a TV and uh genre media review show called The Critical Myth, which is actually uh we are approaching our 500th episode. We're at about 475 or so right now. That's, wow. Uh, that goes three, time, three times a week on the Vogue network. And uh, we pri- primarily uh, talk about uh, TV shows, but also we'll throw in uh, movie reviews and uh, talk about uh, what comics or games or books we're reading as well. So we, we, we try and hit uh, as, mu- as much of the different media as possible. Oh, cool.
1: Today we are here to discuss Episode 6 of Season 2, Spider in the Web, or A Spider. I've seen both. I think it's Spider in the Web, though. But first, here's an ISN report.
3: This is an ISN special report. A future Corp representative and a security guard were killed on Babylon 5. Sources tell us that the suspect was free Mars terrorist Abel Horn, long thought dead. However, these reports could not be confirmed, and no arrests have been made for the crimes. Also on Babylon 5, a small explosion rocked part of the ship today, causing damage to at least one residential berth. There were no reported injuries, and the cause of the blast is unknown. This has been your ISN special report.
1: Fighter in the Web originally aired December 7, 1994. It was directed by Kevin G. Creeman. I saw that he went on to be a producer on shows like Providence, The Shield, and Sons of Anarchy. And the episode was written by Lawrence DiTilio, who last wrote Eyes. So let's get going with the recap. So the episode begins with Sheridan and Ivanova talking about station business. They get a call about a problem in the ambassadorial section, and Ivanova goes to take care of it. So our favorite thing that always happens, happens an old friend of someone arrives on the station. Well, this one's an old friend of Talia's.
4: Which makes it even better, right?
1: Right, because that means we're going to see a lot of Talia.
4: Can I just tell you that when this all started and I figured out it was a Talia (laughs) story. I was like, seriously, we get spider in the web and it's not about space spiders.
1: spiders. I had,
4: I had a real problem with that.
1: Yeah. So her friend's name is Taro Isogi, played by James Shigeta. I saw that he was born in Honolulu, which is where I was last (laughs) week. And he was in Die Hard and Mulan. Taro wants to know Talia's opinion on his Neo-Mars proposal. She thinks it's risky, too progressive, costly, and too costly in the short run. He says he makes it happen because Future Corps wants to expand beyond Earth and Mars is the first step. Talia doesn't think the Senate and the Mars conglomerate will like it. He says he has to convince Mars to share the risk because if it doesn't work, the path to Mars' freedom may be drenched in blood. Sounds ominous. Yeah.
4: Looks like that's the direction
1: it's headed. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Amanda Carter in her. She's from Mars Colony, from the Mars Colony Business Affairs Committee. She's played by Adrian Barbeau, who I know first from Carnival, but she's made guest appearances on shows like Dexter and Sons of Anarchy, and she was Catwoman on Batman the series. I also saw on uh, Wikipedia that she gave birth to twins in '97 at the age of 51. Wow! And she said wow. that. <laughs> she said she was the only one in the maternity ward who was also a member of AARP. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I I also just want to mention for those of us of a certain age, she is also uh, famous or infamous for her uh, her cleavage-bearing role in the Swamp Thing movie from the early '80s.
1: Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I seen it. Directed by Wes Craven,
1: of all people. <laughs> so Taro introduces Amanda Carter to Talia, who's going to be monitoring their negotiations for Future Core. Carter's read his proposal, but thinks he's very brave or insane. I mentioned her great-grandfather, John, who volunteered to pilot the first colony ship to Mars, and I saw in the Lurker's Guide, this was a reference to John Carter of Mars and her father, her great-grandfather, John Carter. Oh, <laughs> well, that's kind yeah. of clever. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I must admit, when that first came up, I mean, n- knowing the John Carter series, uh, when I when I first saw this, I did groan a little bit because I thought the, the, the Amanda Carter reference was fine, but then saying that, that her, her great-grandfather, John, actually piloted the first ship, and it was like, oh, did they choose him
1: because his name was John Carter? <laughs> <laughs> so they begin their talk. So at first, when I heard the name Amanda Carter, I started thinking Stargate, but I think that's Samantha Carter. Or- yeah. Right, okay. Yes. So elsewhere, we see in the San Diego wasteland, someone named 13 is watching the news footage. She gets a message saying that everything has arrived on B5 and control is ready to go online. And she gives the order to commence.
4: I was so excited by just seeing that itty-bitty little clip of the San Diego wasteland.
3: I was like,
1: earth! Yeah, I know they mentioned once or twice before about the attack in San Diego. Uh Uh-huh. Now we see it.
0: Yeah,
3: it, I, yeah I it, it's
0: really not shot as well.
1: Yeah,
4: I didn't notice that. I just was really
1: excited. to yeah, so <laughs> see, San Diego wouldn't have been funny if we see like the convention center or. <laughs> 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 well, that would
0: confirm your theory that it was actually a crazed fan that set off the bomb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so on B five, we're looking at some classified cargo. One of the containers opens and a hand reaches out. And there's a ring on the hand. You see the opening credits.
0: Yeah, can I just go back a little bit before we move forward? Because kind of dropped Skype. Uh, I just wanted to um, go back to when we get um, the reference to Amanda Carter's grandfather. Yeah. Because although that's meant to be reference to John Carter of Myers, for me, it's actually reference to John
1: Boone. Hello. Um oh, hi, oh, hey. hey, oh my <laughs> gosh,
3: I have no idea what happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just having a lot of problems.
3: Wow. Related
0: yeah
1: well, to the opening credits. Okay. Yeah,
0: although I'll, I'm just going back a little bit myself, because, yeah, I, although when I first saw this, I hadn't actually um, heard about um, John Carter and Mars, so I didn't get that reference. But either the first or second time through... I saw this, I had read um, Kim Stanley Robinson's Mars books. So, the reference to uh, Amanda Carter's... um, Hello. ...in that series. And if you like the idea of um, a Martian colony and a book about, you know, life on Mars, um, the Mars trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson is brilliant. I mean, the first words of Mars from John Boone is... Well, here we are, and I'll just tells you a lot about that character. Uh, uh, just a small little anecdote on that.
3: Cool. That was, so her. the reference to her grandfather was supposed to be John Carter? Um,
1: right. Yeah,
0: apparently, yeah.
3: Okay. Yes. Okay. That was a really crappy movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all right, but it could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so what, I think it was a long opening, right?
1: it was pretty long
3: okay
1: we got some talking and talking we got to see san diego
3: yeah that's right (laughs) that i was excited about elizabeth yeah like earth yes yeah i know oh my god it looks it's crazy so do we know when the um nuking was
1: i can't remember um
2: no, yeah, I mean, it, I, I know at this point in the series, yeah, it's just been referred to, and uh, I'm not sure it's, I mean, I, I think in some of the chronologies, I mean, it has been given a date, but yeah, but I don't think it ever gets, gets really referenced in the series.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the fun thing is, um, on the Lucas Guide, uh, JMS says he lived in San Diego from 74 till 81, so he wanted to put that reference in there. <laughs> yeah.
3: He had a bad... An unpleasant experience there. <laughs> I wanted to destroy it.
1: <laughs>
3: what, do I, what do I have the number 13 written down?
1: Oh, that was the name of the lady in the wastelands. The,
3: oh, okay.
1: This, that's how she referred to herself, 13.
3: I don't know why. That kind of reminded me. <laughs> this is so lame. But have you guys read the um, Hunger Games trilogy? Yeah. Uh, it yeah. just kind of reminded me of that lost, you know, Colony
2: or whatever, colony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know for me. I mean, with all the uh, the prisoner references uh, with Sycor, I mean, with the you know certainly her her, her being a number rather than a name was uh, was recalling that for me. I'm sure that definitely has
0: something to do (laughs) with it as well. I think, Um, and then of course you've got uh, we've only had vague references to it, but the fact that there's different Sycor ratings. I don't think she's a P-13 at all, but it's interesting how you've got those two references to numbers and how that refers back to um, the prisoner.
3: <coughs> I'm sorry. I didn't like the little, I don't know, anim- animated graphic on the screen. I don't know why that bugged me, but
0: I well, thought it was it,
3: really lame. It's kind of
0: a magic eye picture, isn't it?
3: It's like if you press your eyes, you close your eyes and you press them, it's like what you see.
1: So after the credits, Sheridan gets a call from Senator Elise. I'm sure how to say that last name. Voudrea.
0: Voudre. Okay. Uh, I just have her down as shifty politician.
1: I just called her V because I wrote, wrote her name down every time. <laughs> I was
3: just like, Jessica Walter! Yes,
1: Uh Jessica Walter. I know her mostly from Arrested Development and Archer.
3: Archer, yeah, of course. She's so Uh, great in that.
1: She was also the mother on Dinosaur. She did the voice of the mother. (laughs) (laughs) She's an Emmy and Golden Globe winner. So she tells Sheridan about Isogi's meeting with Amanda Carter. She thinks they're working together to finance another rebellion on Mars. She doesn't have any proof, but She thinks Future Corps could be trying to get rid of the current Mars conglomerate so they could get out into space.
3: I'm so glad they're talking about this because I think, you know, I, I was confused as to what Mars had to offer. But now they're saying, yeah, they have these goods that they're going to sell to alien worlds. And these corporations or conglomerates have already, you know, tried to take a piece of that or got in on the trading action. So I'm glad that we're getting that information.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah and then what she goes on to say is a little sinister and sounds very familiar, especially in the past, uh, what, nearly 15 years now, 40, yeah, um, on the whole, you know, you can relate it to things said about terrorism, you know, that rhetoric and rationale of, you know, doing these things are more important than your principles, you know, taking these security measures, taking these precautions to make sure nothing bad's happening is far more important than any principles you might have because it's about lives and about the safety of everyone
3: yeah especially when it comes to that that word terrorism or terrorists you know people they seem to be able to get away with more when they use that as the basis you know what i mean
0: oh definitely Mm -hmm. absolutely
3: I just thought it was funny that she had this plastic pointer in her hand that she used <laughs> to point to her eye and her ear.
0: <laughs> at least you can explain that away with the tablet. Says it's just a stylus she's using. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when she was, you know, telling him that to try to, she wanted him basically to spy against his principles. It just kind of made me think, you know. This is exactly what her character on Archer would probably try to get someone to do, or <laughs> even her Arrested Development character.
4: Who was she on Arrested Development?
1: Uh, she she was, was the mother. Lucille. I oh, think.
4: okay. I didn't recognize her.
1: So.
0: Yes. What about on um, Dinosaurs? Would she get the baby to spy on the dad?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I oh,
4: definitely. That would <laughs> be <the>
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs> so Next, we're back in the negotiations with Ms. Um, and Carter. He tells her that the resources, Mars has resources, alien worlds need, and this could get the colonies their independence in about 10 years. Carter says it'll be hard to convince them and they will need a lot of assurances. This is when Talia butts in (laughs) and says that's not true. Carter believes they'll accept her recommendation. I don't know. Having telepaths in on a negotiation, that would be kind of, I don't know.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's very uncomfortable. And I was a little surprised by the amount of information she was able to get. I mean, usually, I would just think she'd be able to say, okay, she's being evasive, or... "Yes,
1: yeah, she's lying. But she was or...
3: like, no, she's lying, and here's why.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I this think that's an indication of uh, power level. So maybe a P1 or P2 would just be able to say, yeah, they're lying, or they're not quite being truthful, whereas someone a bit more powerful like her can set, you know, kind of pinpoint why she's lying, and then mm-hmm. maybe someone even more powerful than her can give you more details. Not that we
4: know how powerful she is, because we haven't seen anything happen <laughs> <since> <laughs> I, know.
3: <laughs> I know, they've conveniently forgot about that. Or have they? I don't know.
1: <laughs> so Carter says, yes, yeah, she does need assurances because uh, Mars is in turmoil, and we find out that Sogi wanted 5 to be their meeting location because all their prospective partners have representatives there, and he thinks they have to try. Uh, she's going to go talk to the Business Affairs Committee, and she leaves. Talia tells sogi that she likes the idea, but she has her doubts, and they agree to go eat together to discuss the doubts. Go have dinner. Next, we see Sheridan meet up with Susan. They talk about the conferences they were talking about at the beginning of the episode. It was the Oh, the Takar delegation. Sheridan thinks they'll be on B5 soon. He was the one who made first contact with them. I thought his first contact story was pretty cool. Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, despite all the story we get, in this episode, we see no sign of the Takar, do we? Yeah.
3: No. I know. I thought it was interesting how he was talking about, you know, linguistics divisions and stuff. How it took them one day. That's a
1: pretty yeah, advanced... figure out their language. Yeah no they, they, they,
0: universal translators here
2: no, no. <laughs> although perhaps although perhaps there was on the other side since he throws in that little detail about you know yes they although they, they'd figured out our language hours before and just hadn't bothered to tell
1: us <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I, I'm just thinking now would um, the Enterprise behave like that <laughs> you know it'd be kind of funny to <laughs> hmm.
1: yeah it was also interesting that he went and spent two days with them like he just met them and now he's going over to their ship and and spending time with them.
3: Is Universal Translator, is that a Star Trek thing?
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. It's their, basically their excuse for why everybody they meet seems to speak English.
3: Oh, okay. No
0: There's babblefish. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least in Babylon 5, you get the sense, you know, the ambassadors and the people who come to Babylon 5, they learn English as a language of commerce, and they've studied the language, because occasionally they'll make errors.
3: Mm-hmm. And we did have that one, um, I guess it was when they were, they found that planet, um, and that, I don't remember the name of the people, but they, they came, their ship came, and they kind of learned English, they were pronouncing it, they were speaking very slowly, but they yeah, had just learned very it. very
4: slowly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Talia and Isogi are walking through the corridors, just never seen him this excited about a deal before. And some guy comes up to them, says, free Mars, grabs Isogi. Some electricity comes out of his hands, and he electrocutes Isogi and knocks over Talia in the process. Talia goes into his head and sees a ship blowing up, and the man sees it, too. Talia goes over to Isogi's body, and he's dead.
3: I feel like she didn't even check to see if he was alive or not. She just <laughs> grabbed his head and pulled it to her chest or whatever. I just... um, she's like fully.
4: She can tell.
0: I was going to say, maybe she's related to Scully.
4: <laughs> well, and uh, she is, like, his thoughts would be gone, I guess. So I maybe guess. She can tell that way.
3: Yeah, or maybe she had a, <laughs> he had a thought, I'm dead, because he was dying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she picked up on that. It was a strong emotion, so she couldn't help with it.
3: I could not figure out. I still don't exactly know what happened. The two times that she encountered um, Abel Horn, like, he was going to try to kill her. She saw the images of his, or you know, before he died or almost died, and then he stopped. Why? Why did he stop? He just became—he came aware of his own thoughts.
0: I think so. Basically, up until that point, his thoughts, his personality had been locked on the thought of his death. And as soon as Talia interrupted that, he realised, um, at least partially, where he was. But the rest of the time, the computer was basically running him.
4: That's so weird. Because okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, see Elizabeth. That means that it's not exactly clear because Ian said, "I think so," because he's the expert, and it's not clear to him either.
0: (laughs) I'm just going from everything they said in this episode.
3: Uh And she's had contact, or he has had contact with size before. It seems like, and I guess that hasn't happened before, so it must be. Something that she was—I don't know. Maybe
0: it's an indication of her um, extra powers from Ironheart. I yeah, know I know that
2: true. was that was one thing I've always suspected, but uh, yeah, but but they, they really don't make it clear. And actually, I mean, I, I was thinking the, the same thing about uh, during the conference with Amanda Carter that uh, you know the, the, the fact that she could be so specific was was showing a little more power than uh, a P five was supposed to have, and then and then this sort of. Confirms it, but without us ever, ever actually getting any indication that she's she's use, u- using her extra powers, but just the, the the fact that she is able to apparently dig into his skull and interrupt him, you know, is, is sort of in you know is, is an implicit indication that she she's doing something beyond the norm, but 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 it is left very vague.
3: Right. They don't really. Yeah. They don't spell it out for you. You kind of have to take it as an undercurrent of what's going on. Yeah.
1: I watched the trailer for this episode like the week before and I saw Talia get pushed down. I was like,
0: yes. (laughs) 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 I
1: didn't know what the context was, but I was like, yeah.
0: Someone has read it together for you. Your own private (laughs) video of all the time Talia gets knocked over (laughs) or is in pain.
3: Yeah. Later in the episode, Will was like, kill her, kill her. (laughs) (laughs) But in order to get that, you had to have lots and lots of Talia talking.
1: Yes. (laughs) uh in sheridan's office oh abel horn was played by michael beck he was swan in the warriors
3: i mean i kind of recognize him but i don't trust myself anymore so yeah i know i I recognize
0: sorry elizabeth
3: oh no i was gonna say i know i recognize the woman that played amanda carter i don't know her from what
1: but oh she was in carnival did you see that
3: no but i think she's been around because yeah, was... i'm sure i've seen her in multiple things
1: i think she was on dexter for an episode so oh you know, there. okay that could be it in sheridan's office he's talking to talia she doesn't know what the images meant but his mind was different from other free mars people that she scanned she doesn't think free mars would have any reason for killing a Sogi. um Sheridan tells her how Earth thinks that he was funding another rebellion, but she thinks it's hogwash and that someone's been lying to him. He, Sheridan thinks that she might be a little biased because they were old friends, and then she starts crying because Sheridan's putting blame on his soggy.
3: Well, also, her friend just died,
1: so I oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: her a little slack <laughs> okay. on that one. <laughs> okay, okay. But you know what? Andrea Thompson, that's her name, right? She yeah. does a pretty good job of acting on the verge of
0: tears. Is, you know She's done it before, and <laughs> yeah. I think she does a pretty good job. Yeah, she doesn't exactly do a Duchovny. She can do this sort of type of acting. Right. Uh, um, For a little credit. <laughs> yeah. It, I do like X-Files. It's just watching <laughs> Intro to X, yeah, I'm seeing all the faults. Uh, yeah. And something I do like about this scene is that uh, um, Sheridan apologises to Talia before she goes off all too often you get characters just storming up in the middle of a conversation before they've got a chance to resolve anything. Yeah,
3: that's true. That and hanging up without saying goodbye are
0: too very... yes. That or saying, I'll call you, and not giving your number.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yes, they both apologize. She just wants to go back to her quarters... Sheridan arranges for an escort, and it's Garibaldi. Of course, <laughs> it is. Doesn't seem too happy about like that. Surprise!
3: <laughs> so I have a question for you guys.
1: Yes.
3: Considering like the, um, I don't want to say the word chemistry, but the a um, little bit of flirtiness going on in this episode. What do you think about Garibalia or Garibaldi? <laughs> <laughs> I like
4: Garibaldi. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll go yeah, Taribaldi. Taribaldi.
4: Yeah. Tar- It has a better ring to it. <laughs> what should it be
0: Tarabaldi, Because Taribaldi would be um, Tara and Garibaldi.
3: Well, it's like Garibaldi, yeah. but with the yeah. I, I mean, suppose so.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> or Talibaldi, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like that one.
2: That's, you know, that, that's too close to just a description of them. Or but- <laughs> title.
3: No, so, yeah. Uh, like, no, I can't
1: <laughs> So on the lift, Garibaldi's being his usual self, but she's not in the mood for it. Yeah. He, doesn- <laughs> <laughs> he does manage to make her laugh and promises to find the one who did it. It won't bring Isogi back, but it will stop someone else from getting killed.
3: So is this two episodes in a row where main characters have hit on women whose friends have or lovers have just died (laughs) yeah um yeah
1: (laughs) Who was less creepy about it
3: yeah it wasn't as persistent
1: yeah yeah
2: plus the history is kind of established by now between the two of them so yeah yeah Yeah.
0: maybe you just didn't realize how close to um Isogi talia
1: was the electric guy from earlier sends a message that phase one is complete. He receives instruction to erase the source file and to eliminate the witness Talia Winters to begin phase two.
3: Yeah, is this where he took his I don't know skin glove off? It so.
1: is.
0: Yeah. Oh my yeah. god!
3: I thought it was a robot. I was like, oh my god, this is a robot in in skin. I was kind of excited. Terminator. <laughs> But he it, it wasn't, right? It was just his hand, pretty much. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we get it later, don't we? Right, during the right. operation.
3: Okay. So I was trying to I think that's what they were showing us, right? Because they picked up part of a hand or something. But yeah, I thought it was full-on robot.
1: In CNC and Sheridan wants to hold all outgoing traffic until further notice.
0: Something he really should have done as soon as he found out there was a murder.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> He tells Susan about the eyewitness, Talia. He thinks the killer wanted a witness. He asks for Susan's opinion about Talia. Talia says that she's interesting and that he thinks Sheridan can trust Talia even though she's very loyal to Sycor.
3: I like that conversation. I thought that was good. I Mm -hmm. thought it showed uh, some growth on Ivanova's part.
1: Yeah, just coming around.
3: But Sheridan Um, was wrong, though. I don't think he wanted a witness. I mean, right? Well,
0: he doesn't know the whole story. No, no, I know, but he was
3: wrong, yeah. yeah. It's interesting mm-hmm. that they showed his erroneous speculation. I mean, they don't have to put that in. No, uh, no. The show, but
0: yeah. But you also get a bit of his own philosophy that, you know, he tends to trust individuals over organizations.
3: Yeah.
1: I want to hear this story about Susan throwing a
0: telepath. <laughs> yeah,
3: remember. me too. Can we see
0: that? Black Oh, yeah, that would be so fun. You got
1: kind of wonder what was going on there. So in Amanda Carter's quarters, John Sheridan stops by to ask her about her meeting with the Sogi. Um, she, Sheridan tells her that his Sogi was murdered and he tells her about the Free Mars thing. She says there's no way anyone could have known about the meeting, but she does think the Senate and the Mars conglomerate could be behind it. Next we get a scene of the guy from earlier walking through the corridors looking scary.
3: Yeah, he looked really, really guilty. he should have arrested him for something. <laughs> <laughs> he looked
1: really shifty. <laughs> Next, Sheridan goes to see Garibaldi. Garibaldi's learned that Isogi's body was hit with a massive electrical charge that disrupted every cell in his body, and there weren't any fring- fingerprints left on Isogi's throat. Garibaldi thinks it's high-tech but not the usual free Mars issue can't figure out how it got on the station but Sheridan thinks he has special help but he doesn't want to explain what he's thinking just yet
3: and they mentioned, I think a slaver's glove yeah I I
0: think we got that at some point in season one I can't remember when though
3: okay well there was was it um Caliban no not Caliban the other guy that looked like Caliban that um born to the purple didn't he have some kind of glove yes
0: he Um, did yeah Okay. I think that's where we saw it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And and so that must have been for the audience as much as it was for the characters there to say, if anyone remembered this, no, this guy is definitely more than just someone with a uh, bit of tech.
3: Right.
1: Next, we see Talia being escorted through some random part of the station. Like, what is she doing? Is she just getting exercise or just <laughs> walking through the station? <laughs> And the electric guy, Abel Horn, kills her guard. He says, free Mars, and is about to kill her, but she goes into his mind. She sees another ship firing this time, and she runs away, and he's wondering what they've done to him. Was she saying, help me, when she ran away? For some reason, I wrote down, help me. Yeah, I think she was. <laughs> I think so, yes.
4: You probably really enjoyed the acting there.
1: <laughs> That's probably... <laughs> It's a been a while since I've watched this. Was... Next, Talia explaining that she saw an Earth Alliance ship firing. It hit him and he died. And Garibaldi has found an ID, and that's when he knows it's Abel Horn, a leader of Free Mars. Sheridan knows who Abel Horn is. He claimed responsibility for destroying a station on Free Mars, and Sheridan wants to find him.
3: Okay, so. Talia, when she was explaining things, she used her hands a lot. (laughs) It kind of got on my nerves like she was using her hands so much. But you know what? I was laughing when um, Sheridan said him and his wife had special friends on Mars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What were you thinking?
3: (laughs) I was like, tell me more.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, you don't think? Yeah, well, you, you know, you, you know,
1: you. what happens on Mars stays on Mars. So. <laughs> right. so there's these parties you can go to. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, but Garibaldi says Abelhorn is dead. He's supposed to be dead. Um, Sheridan says he'll explain later, but now he wants Talia protected. Garibaldi's all over that. Carter goes to her quarters and Abel Horne's there. Says it's been a long time. She thought he was dead. He says he almost died, but he was rescued by a friend of hers. And he was hiding out until he found out that she was there on the station.
0: Yeah, Abel Horne's acting. What did everyone else think, especially in that scene? Because okay. I didn't like it much.
4: No, and uh, everyone was just yelling a lot in that scene. He was yelling and she was yelling and I was like, okay, are we done?
2: hmm <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it really wasn't very good. And uh, I, I did just discover that, that Michael Beck d- does actually have the uh, the honor or infamy of having been nominated for Razzie's
1: twice. So, oh, for some,
2: really? For a couple of, oh. a couple of his, his film roles back in the
1: 80s. so <laughs>
3: Excellent.
1: I hope Warriors wasn't one of them probably was.
2: No, it wasn't. No, it was... Uh, one of them was actually for for Xanadu, which was an absolutely hideous <laughs> disco movie from 1980 with Olivia Newton-John starring.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's the actress name? Michael Beck. Michael Beck. Okay, I'm going to look him up. I know him from something.
1: Uh, in the end, he says they did something to him, and Talia knows, and they have to find her. Next, we see Garibaldi talking to Talia about her security... Um, She offers him a cup of tea, and he says that tea is his third favorite thing in the universe. He's already <laughs> seen his second.
0: Yeah, we've got a bit more of a list here, but uh, J- JMS says on the lucky's Guide that whatever the girl's favorite thing is, or whatever the girl's going to be doing or drinking is Garibaldi's favorite thing. Yeah.
4: Oh, I thought
0: that we were like keeping this list. I was enjoying that. Oh, uh, I was too <laughs> until I saw that on the Lurky Guide. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems like it's a pickup line. Mm
3: hmm. Oh.
2: Yeah, but specifically it is for that third favorite thing. The, the first and second stay the same. So.
0: <laughs> now
1: I'm less impressed. <laughs> In CNC, one of us. bit quiet, Will. Yeah, is this better?
0: Yeah, that's I, a bit better.
3: I thought be quiet. <laughs> Say <laughs> what? So, uh, I thought he said, be quiet, Will. Oh. I'm
1: <laughs> i <laughs> Like, shut up, Will. God.
3: <laughs>
1: so at CNC, Ivana was busy and she needed everything yesterday. Clarence informs her that some ship wants to know when it can depart. She tells them all to go away. She updates Sheridan on the situation and he says to start moving them out and He's going to his quarters to check on something.
3: I wonder if they just needed some filler, and that's why they did this um, Ivanova thing, or if they just wanted to like show a little slice of life on the station, maybe.
1: I just had to get Clarence in the episode. That was all.
3: Yay, Clarence! (laughs) Yay, Clarence!
4: (laughs) It was worth it. Yeah.
1: In Talia's quarters, um, he's entertaining Talia. They talk about their fathers, and She talks about how she was raised by the Psycorps from an early age, and talks about someone named Abby who helped her through her first year at the Psycorps. Then she gets, uh, Garibaldi gets a call from Sheridan to meet him in his quarters, and she thanks him before he leaves.
0: Yeah, what did you make of this, this whole idea of being raised by the Corps since she was five?
1: You know,
2: certainly pulling back the curtain a little bit on, uh, yeah, just uh, j- just how separated and isolated they are in their, uh, in their training.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: have a note that I can't <laughs> decipher what it means. Was Talia's story creepy or something?
4: It was the, the lady that, Abby, right? That Abby, her, that's
1: it, yeah. Yes.
4: Like her mentor, but then the mentor only mentors you for a year and then they're just basically gone.
0: To someone else, yeah. From the sounds of it, he, you know, you get mentor until you're settled into the program.
3: I thought it was a little weird that she was like, "I didn't really know my parents or my, you know," but I had this mentor for a year. Wow, <laughs> I, like, well, we I with them. Okay. I guess so.
4: I yeah. suppose
0: it- if you're actually in someone else's mind and they're in yours for practically an uh, entire year. You grow quite close quite quickly, though.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I can't remember a lot from when I was five, but I suppose that if somebody was fiddling in my mind, I would remember. Um It was a little creepy, honestly, when she was saying that, you know, she did this to my mind to make me feel secure, and, and that was just great. <laughs> I have fond memories of that. I don't know. <laughs> hmm.
0: Well, you know, you would, because he would make sure you'd have more memories of it.
4: <laughs> yeah, so that makes it
3: less creepy. <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> In Sheridan's quarters, he shows Garibaldi Project Lazarus. It was an Earth Force cybernetics experience. They used people on the brink of death. He thinks Abel Horn might be one of the people experimented on, and if it's true, then they might be able to find out where he is.
3: Yeah I kind of zoned out Both times I watched <laughs> I zoned out at this part I was like my note here is I hate that white shirt <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wardrobe comments
3: Yay <laughs> Yeah, I didn't
0: even uh, it was Probably the wardrobe that were, was making his own out
4: <laughs> Yeah well it's the sure same, it same a white shirt
3: Yeah yeah it just wasn't Yeah, I, could, I just couldn't focus on it for some reason
0: Yeah but the essential idea is you know Government experimenting on people at the brink of death to try and turn in, them into, um, you know, cyber zombies that they can control.
3: Was this EarthGov or like, because pretty much they only really reference EarthGov.
2: Yeah, uh, from yes. the
0: sounds of it, it is, yeah.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, this is one of the, the few cases I find in the show where there is they're, they're, they're sort of sinking to into Star Trek techno Babble explanations because some of that didn't really make sense to me of, of of how is it that that fixating the brain on the moment of death is supposed to allow you to shut down shut down the thought and uh, make them functional it, it, it just seemed like you know it was just just stringing concepts together just to, to try and come up with an explanation but nothing nothing that really holds up if you think about it too carefully
3: yeah,
1: yeah oh, I agree. Life. And um, in Amanda Carter's quarter, she's watching Abel Horn sleep. She calls Talia, and <laughs> that sounds
3: much creepier. Than
1: <laughs> <laughs> she glances over at him while he sleeps.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> she did. She wasn't she stroking
0: did. his hair. <laughs> she did take an awful long time to call Talia because we've gone through what three scenes before she's done that.
3: Well, like she couldn't do it with him watching.
0: Yeah, So, wait until
3: he was yeah.
0: asleep. And then make sure he's asleep by stroking his hair. Yeah,
3: <laughs> if he doesn't wake up.
1: It's okay. So oh, she... yeah. He's
0: just a little puppy then. Oh. Yeah.
3: That would be a much better episode. <laughs> Cyber puppy.
1: Uh, Talia agrees to meet with her, but Abelhorn's awake now. He knew that she'd help. <laughs> and then he hits her and knocks her out.
0: They have such a good relationship. Yep, a lot of trust. So, who actually swung at her? Was it Abel or was it Cyber Abel? Because he kind of had Does those two kind of personalities. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I always took it as Cyber Abel, but uh, but yeah, this is a case of the of the actor not, not really signaling to us too well that, uh, that yeah, he's sh- shifting from one to the other.
3: But I think also he, I don't know, re- real Abel, um, really wanted to talk to Talia and figure out what was going on, too. Right. And probably couldn't talk to her about it with Amanda there. I'm not saying that knocking her out was the best solution, but his <laughs> motivations there, I think both Cyber and regular Abel had motivations for seeing Talia, conflicting ones. but
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So next Sheridan and Garibaldi seem to have found a way to track Abel. He gets a call from his uh, security guy, Zach Allen, because Talia needs an escort. Garibaldi gives the okay. Garibaldi does some magic to f- try to find Abelhorn and see the door opening behind him. <laughs> so when we see Garibaldi meet up with her, with Talia and her escort. Her escort... Zach Allen was played by Jeff Conaway. I mentioned him because he was uh, pretty well known. He was on Taxi back in the day and he was part of the original cast of Grease.
3: Yeah, okay, so I think <laughs> I did see his name in the credits. I didn't notice him in the actual episode. <clears throat> but yeah, he played Kediki, right, in Grease? think so. Yeah, okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, but unfortunately, even before Babylon 5, it was known that he'd had problems with drugs and he was even on Celebrity rehab a few years ago, but he did pass away a few years ago to pneumonia. The doctors believe that drugs might have contributed to it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It was
2: it was actually a? It all started with a back injury when he was doing Greece that, uh, that started him on painkillers, and then that that unfortunate slow decline.
1: Oh, he still has some unreleased credits on IMDb, like going to like 2016, I think.
0: Well, some projects go into production hell. I just yeah. hope that uh, some of this work he did will get released someday. Yeah. Yep.
1: So Talia tells. um well, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> I was in Hawaii when I did these notes and they were all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> they have like yeah, high tide stains on
3: them and
1: stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like
4: it says, water rushes up onto the beach. Oh, beach, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Um something about following through with Asogi's plan and but she's not sure she can't convince future core, but it would honor Asogi's memory if she did. And she goes into Carter's quarters alone and
3: Yeah, what's up with that? Finds and Amanda's how do you body. press the open a button? She just pressed her gloved hand on the button to open the door of some private quarters. No. <laughs> she has all access. Wait. No. Yeah. yeah.
1: She knew the door would be unlocked.
3: She communicates with the door telepathically. <gasps> Ooh, evidence of her abilities! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she can
4: communicate with machines. More Terminator.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, a psychor doesn't doesn't need doorbells. They know when you want them to come in,
1: <laughs> and they know when you don't want them to come in too. <laughs> and they come in anyway. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. yeah
3: that's what they come in.
1: So Abel Horn grabs her from behind and threatens to kill her if she makes a sound. And next we see Sheridan scanning. And then we go back to Abel Horn. He wants to know what the images in his head mean. She sees the same stuff from before, but there's also a room where he's being... Oh, this is when she goes into his head, but there's also a room where he's being fitted with his cybernetic hand. And he also sees a female psychop who seems happy about what's going on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, very dramatic. I think she goes, All ours.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll just send you a picture of something else she might have created. I've actually found a cyber puppy. Oh, nice.
3: <laughs> oh yes.
0: <laughs> it should have gone through.
3: Wearing a little uh, Free Mars doggy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only.
0: <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah, it, it should be in chat waiting for you. Hopefully, we've got enough bandwidth to get it yeah. to you. It's only 58 yeah, KBs. Okay. The amount of trouble we've been having with Scope tonight, I would be yeah. surprised if it crashes. I can see it
3: trying, anyways. It's
1: five seconds, two seconds. I it. Okay. Aww. I, <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> so Sheridan completes his scan. He knows the room where Abel is is Amanda Carter's room and tells Garibaldi the purpose inside. So that's when Garibaldi goes in, and Abel threatens to fry uh, Natalia. Who's Natalia? (laughs) (laughs) So So security drops their guns, and Sheridan arrives and explains that they are using Abel to betray his own world and promises to help Abel if he lets Talia go. He does let Talia go. Abel shoots at Sheridan and misses. Sheridan fires back and kills him. Abel's body explodes, leaving no trace.
0: Yeah, I think um, Abel wanted to be killed at that
1: point. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. So in med bay, the doctor is checking on a man. Hang Con- on a
0: second, we—I know it's only my minor thing, but we've just jumped over the explosion and the heroic jump from, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fireball that Sheridan did. <laughs>
3: You mean him falling in the hallway?
1: Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, sorry, just a second. Copy, uh, cyber puppy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, in med bay, the doctor is checking on Amanda Carter. She apologizes for Talia for what happened, and Carter gives him some background on Abelhorn and how she met him, and he joined free. She met, she joined Free March before they were a radical group. Sheridan agrees not to report this if so she'll continue her negotiations with Future Corps to make sure Sogi's dream becomes a reality. Garibaldi doesn't really like this. Um, this Talia says when she scanned him, she saw images of an operation, but lies and says that she didn't recognize anything. And Garibaldi. yeah, was, she did. Yeah. Yeah,
0: she's still lo- loyal to Psycho,
1: it yeah. seems. So Garibaldi, Escort oh. Searcher Recorders.
3: So, you know, they brought up Free Mars a few times throughout this series, and it's always kind of been in the background. Um, you know, th- this is the first episode that's really focused on it as the f- main plot. I mean, we we did get that one where there was that, you know, um, uprising going on, and Garibaldi was trying to find his lease. Um, but that was kind of like a secondary plot. <sighs> But I have to say that I think if this kind of plot had been the first one, I think I would have liked it a little bit better because I didn't really know anything about Mars and what was going on. I didn't know anybody on Mars. I didn't know why, like what they were going to do after they became free. Like what you know, I had all those questions about what would they trade, you know? And I like having that information to to base whether I care about something. And so, I don't know, I just feel like it would have been more effective to have more information up front instead of getting little pieces.
0: It feels like a real place now.
3: Yeah, it really does. It feels like these people have legitimate concerns and they have thought about what they're going to do going forward and there feels like a history and I don't know. I just feel more like I have more of an idea of what's happening there. So, Mm. not that I really liked the plot they had in this episode, but I think I liked just getting that background information to base what they've been doing with it on if that makes any sense
2: yeah, definitely I mean I, th- I think this is a case where uh that there was a tendency in the in the show to to want to introduce all of these mysteries and leave things kind of hanging but uh but uh, I think that's a valid point that it would have been good to uh introduce some of this background a little bit earlier. And, uh, and well, I I, 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 certainly agree that, uh, yeah, some of, the, some of the actual sort of plotting in this episode isn't, uh, isn't the greatest. But, uh, but, uh, but, but I do like that it continues the trend of pretty much any time we're introduced to a new place. It's never just cut and dried, good and evil. There's nuances and different factions battling battling each other with uh, you know, lot, lot, lots of gray areas rather than uh, than just, no, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys who we have to, to root, root against.
0: I think it would have helped the story as well yeah. if it was earlier because Sinclair was from Mars. He was born on Mars. So yeah, we would true. have had even more of an adve-
2: investment in the story Yeah, because certainly everything that's going on here, there's no reason that this this
1: couldn't have been a first-season episode.
3: That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, So later, Garibaldi goes to Sheridan's office to ask him how he knew about the Lazarus project. Uh, Sheridan goes on to tell him about how he collects secrets. Just it's kind of out of nowhere, but...
0: It is! What the heck? It might be a bit out of nowhere, but it explains why he knows about the Grey Council.
3: Everybody knows about the Grey
0: Council. <laughs> yeah, but it took uh, forever for people to find out. This kind of shows he found out because he's into secrets and he knew before he got to Babylon 5.
4: This is the weirdest hobby I've ever
3: heard
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells garibaldi about a rumor of a rogue agency deep inside EarthGov. it took him years just to get a name bureau 13 and he thinks that they're behind this operation and everything they believe is in jeopardy and he says something about a spider in the web just like hey that's the name of the episode yeah it
3: has nothing to do with
4: anything
3: (laughs) it really really doesn't it was a stretch and I didn't see, I think I wrote this in the Facebook group. I didn't see the title because they, you know, they show the title at the end of the credits, but I didn't see it. So, like, the whole episode I was oh. on my, when I first watched, it, I was like, oh my God, I'm probably watching the wrong episode. <laughs> uh, I There's don't know. I'm too lazy. It's too late. I know, exactly. It's too late. I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> so, it wasn't until the end I was like, okay, yes, I'm watching the right episode.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Next, we're back in San Diego. We see Thirteen get an update about what happened. She wants to know if the Bureau's in danger. And she turns around and we see that it's the Psycop was in Abelhorn's mind.
0: Yeah, All and hours. the message comes from Control. So, Abelhorn isn't Control. Thirteen isn't Control. Who is Control? Right, so
3: she's basically giving telling them to, do, to take care of whatever... I don't know. Strings are still left. I mean, I don't know. Is it somebody on Babylon Five? Is that what we're supposed to gather?
4: I don't know. I have no clue. I'm just confused by this whole thing.
3: Yeah, because <laughs> I felt like she was trying to give them instructions to tie up any loose ends. I think that was what I was trying to say. Uh, um, and the way they could do that was being there on the station. So I don't know. Maybe I was completely misinterpreting what she was saying.
1: Next, we see Talia looking through Psycor, uh, psycho records. It turns out that the um, woman from Abel's Mind is deceased. And we get the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. More
3: zombies. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> I like how, what, what did Sheridan say, like, at the end that he was gonna, if he figures something out, he's gonna, like, kill them or something. And I'm like, really? What are you gonna do? I, I don't know what his power is.
1: Alright, see any more notes? Oh yeah, they mentioned the vicar from Deathwalker, the guy that recorded thoughts. They say he could have been one of the first cyber experiments, one of the first that worked, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah certainly one of the only ones that that was
2: successful. To make and- him
0: extremely valuable, and also, you know, he'd be able to offer um, his services out to. High bidders, which is why he'd be working for Kosh. Because yeah, Kosh would probably be one of the few people
2: who could afford his services. Yeah, yeah. Although I remember before before this this episode came up, I mean, given the fact that he was working for Kosh, I'd I'd always been wondering if they if they he was somehow, you know, if it was something the Vorlons had done to him. But uh, but, but yeah, this is definitely bringing up the possibility that it was just part of this program.
1: All right, those are all the notes I have. Um,
2: Oh, um, just a, a
0: side note on, um, John Carter. In, um, Free Mars, there's actually a, um, town called Burroughs, named after, um, the author of, uh, John Carter on Mars, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Oh yes. Yeah. J- just as a side note, there's actually a three line connection, Babylon 5, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and, um, the Mars trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson, which is a really great book series of books
1: yeah i have the mars books on my wish list mm-hmm. i'll get to them one of these days yeah <laughs> they, they, they are sitting on my, my stack of to be read at the moment
2: actually <laughs> <laughs> what i've got left to read is the martians
0: which is a collection of short stories set during the um trilogy
2: which is supposed to be kind of a nice coda to everything the ship that fires on Abel Horn. It's uh, one of those things where it's, it's just on the computer screen they pull up, but it's uh, the Pornell, which was a re- reference to the, the science fiction author who, uh, along with Larry Niven, helped convince President Reagan to start the Star Wars program. So oh, nice touch. <laughs> so it would actually make sense. That, yeah, they'd put his name on a military
1: ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, how about our quotes of the week? There were like, really were not
3: that many yeah. choices. I had yeah, yeah, I
0: did not even write one down. <laughs> if, if no one has one, I do have one. Uh, it's Kind of a back and forth between Sheridan and Ivanova. Mm-hmm. It's the whole thing of you threw one of them out of a third-story window on IO. And Ivanova replies, there was an ample pool low, the window. And then Sheridan, I'll assume you knew that. Yes, that was really the only quote I could get from
2: this episode.
4: Yeah, there was just nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean the only other one I could I could think of just is just at the beginning of the you know of uh, Sheridan saying it, it's good to be the commander, a little play on it's it's good to be the king. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's about it. I think one of I mean one of the strange things about this episode is, of course, how much it focuses on. On the, the, the human population of the station. And, uh, you know, a lot of our best quotes are usually coming from our ambassadors and the, the, the alien side of things. And they're, and they're just really not, not around at all in the sense. I know. On that point, alien of the week. I don't think we can have one this week. <laughs>
4: yeah. I don't think there is one.
1: Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, so let's move to characters of the week. Who is our human of the week? I can't believe. I put down who I put down for human. Talia! Serious?
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: so he wow. It has to be Talia.
0: I'm real, I know you're saying this with gritty teeth.
1: Yes. I put down Talia. <laughs> wow.
4: It's the first. Way to get past that,
1: Will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You've really grown as a person.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. So, no alien of the week. I don't remember. No alien. I don't when think we, we
3: had we, any. Like, um,
0: when,
1: when we were going through the Zocolo
0: at the beginning, was there a random alien in the background somewhere? I think maybe. Probably was. Not that but... I
3: noticed.
0: <laughs> That's I about notice the it. only alien character we've got. Because mm. we can't go for um, the alien race they talk about because we only hear about them. We don't but see they them. they
3: weren't actually there. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So N.A., I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Darn. All right, so when is, how about we do writings? You want to start us off, Edmund?
2: Uh, certainly. Um, I mean, as much as this episode gives us some 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 nice background on Mars, I mean, it uh, the 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 actual plot, I mean, isn't isn't really much to write home about. So I think I would have to give this um uh six um shocking hands. <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. Oh, how about you, Heidi? <laughs> I muted my mic again. I do that all the time.
4: <laughs> no problem. Um, let's see. I feel like this information is really important and that it will come back. But at this point, I don't care too much. Um, so I loved seeing, uh, Earth and like San Diego and seeing like the aftermath and stuff. And, uh, and the idea of the, zombie i guess is is pretty cool so um i hope that we see something of that again but this is a lower than average episode for me so four out of 10 cyber zombies <laughs>
3: was, okay, i was like i got to think of a new one hold
4: on <laughs> <laughs> sorry the episode oh, didn't no, really right. give us much
3: <laughs> it really really did not
1: <clears throat> uh, you want to okay. go eat it or
0: I can go whilst, um, Elizabeth's thinking. Cause I'm basic- here. Oh, I'm, are no, i Oh, go. Oh, you ready? I,
3: it's okay. I'll, I'll, I, I figure something out. It's, okay. I'm going to get a Buffy reference in here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of agree with, um, both Edmund and Heidi in that it was, was just a meh episode for me. Um, I did like some, of course, I like the information that they're giving us. I want to see what's happening with the, um, prod, the special project or the PsyCop. And what's going on with that? And I, I just like that we're getting back into the Psy core because I mean, I think that's really interesting that there's a lot of possibility there. And I like, we got more information about free Mars, but I mean, no aliens at all. And you know, the plot was just not that interesting. A lot of Talia speaking, which <laughs> is a, is not that great for me, actually. It's weird. Like after will started talking about it, I really started noticing it more, but and then the guest actors were just not that interesting either, so... But because of the good information, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 room 314s, so...
1: Okay, how about you, Ian?
0: I mean, I just agree with what's being said here. It's, it's better than last week's episode. We're starting to get better episodes again. Only mildly so at the moment, but hopefully it's going to rise and... There are some good parts in this episode, and there's things just to take note of going forward. So that gives it something in its credit. So I'm going to say six and a half out of ten, John Boone descendants.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, I mean, the episode was all right. There was a lot of tell, (laughs) you, And yeah I did like I was really excited to see the guest stars even though they didn't really do much, but I really enjoyed seeing them and enjoyed all the information enjoyed San Diego and I just had to do give it higher score than last week so I'll give it seven out of ten barren wastelands or are they barren? All right, everybody, let's get on a plane and go to an island and look for smoke monsters and polar bears in a place called feedback land
3: <laughs> that sounds nice
1: <laughs> hey i see where am i okay oh yeah first we have some comments from our website i'll take the first one it's from board 99 board says more thoughts on the long dark because it obviously calls for more discussion does it really <laughs> but in fact this is an idea sparked by something that elizabeth said about the long dark in your episode She contrasted it with Buffy, where a monster that doesn't make much sense can still be affected because it's grounded in a metaphor. The sad thing is, I think the Long Dark might actually be trying to do that. The monster is fairly clearly a metaphor for post-traumatic stress disorder. The story doesn't do a good job of this because it juxtaposes the Amos plot with the Copernicus plot. The latter has something in common with the former because they're both about about the past coming back but the copernicus plot obviously does not present us with a traumatic and horrific past so the connection is pretty superficial on not being strong enough on the other hand to present an interesting contrast leaving that yeah, aside I mean,
3: no. sorry i was going to say that it was pretty clear that they were trying to do a ptsd thing with the crazy guy sorry i don't, I don't like to use that word but
0: with <laughs> aimish
3: for expediency yes i couldn't remember his name
2: <clears throat>
3: but yeah tying it to the monster itself I mean, with in, what you said about it also being on the Copernicus, it was a little hard. It to might get to.
0: have worked better if um, Alicia, isn't it? Um, the um, wife from the Copernicus had been uh, a better actor.
1: Mariah, yeah. Yeah,
0: if Mariah had been a better actor, you might have You got mean they that. were
3: trying to show her as having PTSD?
0: Maybe in the early stages of it, yeah, because she was shocked and, you know wasn't dealing with it very well, but uh I'm making excuses for it here, maybe. I don't <laughs> like the episode, okay?
3: Yeah.
1: Leaving that aside, this suggests to me that The Long Dark maybe isn't just like a Season 1 episode. Maybe it would have been better as a Season 1 episode, because that's the season that contains Sinclair, who is a damaged war veteran, whose story is all about how he relates to his own past. Yeah. As far as Spider in the Web... I think, I doubt it's one of anyone's favorite episodes, but it's perfectly solid B5. Plus, we get stab number two at making Sheridan more complex. He's a conspiracy theorist. This has the big advantage of not being anything that anyone has ever associated with Captain Kirk. It (laughs) does, however, have the drawback that the show already has a character whose plot function is to be there to dig into and uncover mysteries. That is, Garibaldi. I personally would have preferred it if Sheridan's interest in conspiracies had come across as a little unhinged, as it might in the real world. But in the Babylon 5 universe, conspiracies really are everywhere. Well, it was the 90s. The X-Files had been on the air for over a year at this point. Thanks, Ford. Cheers.
0: Thank you. Really provoked another discussion about something I didn't think we'd been talking about again.
1: (laughs) And next is another comment on The Long Dark from Tori. Who wants to take that? Anybody?
0: Uh, Okay. The Long Dark is a low point in a string of episodes that are rather uninteresting to me. But now we're on the appeal side of the early season meh period. We're not out of the meh period yet, unfortunately. But (laughs) once we're past TLD... I feel we're much closer to the other side. While an improvement on TLD, Spider in the Web is still firmly in the meh character for me. Is still firmly in the meh category for me. Maybe it's the singular plot. Maybe it's the focus on Talia. Maybe it's the absence of the ambassadors. But I don't really care about what's going on here. And I do usually care about the Earth plots, the side plots, and Zach. But I don't care about this episode, and it's not bad, exactly. But I'm always ready to be out of the meh phase by this point, and sadly, this is firmly in it.
3: Well, I'm glad a fan says that too, because it is kind of a meh phase. Yeah. Um, Zach is the security guard. I really the need new to security guard. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I really need to look at him because. I did not think that I would have to know his name. All right. I'll take the next one. Thank you so much for everybody's feedback on the website. Our next email is from Victor. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. This episode was heavy on guest stars and I really missed the ambassadors. The story started out as a lesson in geopolitics as they try to explain the motivation of all the different political and economic factions vying for control of Mars. I like the bits of backstory better than anything else. San Diego doesn't look too good in the 23rd century. Sheridan talks about his days on the Agamemnon and Ivanova. Well, it's best for telepaths to give her a wide berth. But most of this episode dealt with the... Can you guys hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh,
3: okay, I got really, really silent. Like, weirdly silent. Okay. <laughs> but most of this episode dealt with a very confused assassin. There is where I miss Londo. If there is a sneaky cloak and dagger stuff going on, I want Londo to be doing it. I'm also very disappointed in Talia. Twice, the assassin kills people in front of her, and each time she is completely helpless. I thought telepaths had some offensive capability with their psychic power, like that crazy colonel's aide who incapacitated him. Huh. What was he rated? Uh, yeah, I well, really again,
2: I mean, again, it's this. Uh, I think he was rated higher than P five, presumably, but uh, but but yeah, the other, this really does feel like a missed opportunity to to show off some of her uh, her post Ironheart skills, you know. So far, you know, all, all we've seen is her be- burying a coin in the wall. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I, I did find that that kind of odd. I mean, in in, in retrospect, when it, when this this first aired, you know, no, she, she's, you know, she, she, she's yeah. crazy. Is, you know, kind of superpowered and, you know, and then the comment's exactly right. that Yeah, she's, she's just acting helpless. Well, um, maybe
0: her superpowers only work in coins and she didn't yeah. have a coin with her. <laughs> yes, if he that.
3: had only looked like a giant coin.
1: Worst okay. superpower ever.
3: Okay. <laughs> Continuing. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I know Talia is only P5, so I didn't expect her to turn into Xena, but I didn't think she would be a damsel in distress either. Basically, I didn't like the first 40 minutes, and I love the last two minutes. <laughs> At the end of a tedious and often bizarre story, they finally gave us the payoff. Sheridan is aware of a shady agency called Bureau 13. What he doesn't know, and Talia does know, is that Psycor is involved in it, and a cop who is officially deceased appears to be a high-ranking official. Since Talia lies about it to Sheridan, she is either corrupt or loyal to Psycor. And maybe those are just two sides to the same coin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, on the strength of the last two minutes, I'll give this episode 7.5 lame telepaths out of 10. <laughs> Regards, Victor.
1: <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Victor. Victor. Cheers. Uh, yes, very lame telepath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Our next email is from Michael. I'll read that. Hi, gang. Lots of Talia in this week's episode, so I'm sure Will would be thrilled. She's yes, bothered... it's his favorite
0: <laughs> episode. Didn't
1: you know that? <laughs> I know. And I don't know. She's never bothered me, so I'm glad to have the Psycor back involved, although I was hoping Mr. Bester would make an appearance, but perhaps he was controlled.
0: Hmm.
2: Oh, nice idea. Oh, nice no speculation.
1: The main plot involving Mars had a nice amount of information in it, and I really liked Taro Asogi. I always liked the scenes with telepaths monitoring business meetings, and I would love them in real life. Really? I'm not sure I agree with that, Michael. <laughs> Unless I was, well... I if you know.
3: were the Asogi side of it, maybe. Yeah.
1: The assassin wasn't too sophisticated with what what was just talk, walking up to people and grabbing them. A knife would have done a similar job, or, you know, a gun... If you go to the trouble of smuggling a hitman onto the station, at least give him a decent weapon. (laughs) (laughs) I was fascinated by the whole cyber-zombie scheme, which actually made kind of sense with the Psycor brain meddling, stopping his mind from fighting back, and the fact that Sheridan likes to collect dark secrets seems to be a handy hobby for the main star of a sci-fi TV show. (laughs) Some nice character interactions between Sheridan and Garibaldi and Garibaldi and Talia, the later... The latter have really good chemistry, but that's no surprise given their real-world relationship. The lack of ambassadors always brings down an episode for me, especially as my foggy memory of the show has them in most of the episodes, so I can only assume that they start to become more regular as the show goes on. In the same way, I don't remember them being absent so much.
3: Hmm, that's good to know.
1: Human of the week, Taro Isogi. He wasn't in it for long, but the actor managed to portray a sense of integrity and a deep caring for Talia in just a few scenes. I liked him a lot. Alien of the week—a bit of a struggle here, as I'm not sure any were actually on screen. So I'll go for the Tikar ambassador, as they sounded very interesting. Hmm. "Quote: Ivanova, there was an ample pool below the window. <laughs> Have a good week, all. Michael, UK podcast fan. Cheers, Michael.
0: Thank Thanks, you, Michael. Michael.
1: Thank you. Next email is from Glory." I
0: can take take that if you want
1: Laurie and Carl
0: Yeah, from Laurie and (laughs) Carl Brief feedback for A Spider in the Web We were literally on the road while watching this one So I didn't make as many notes as usual Well, I hope someone else was driving Because watching (laughs) TV and driving, not a good combination (laughs) Andrine Barblo from Carnival Yay! I thought she was better in Carnival She was. (laughs) Hmm. Talia is back, but does not have any superpowers yet. So I'm wondering what Heidi and Elizabeth will make of that. Her story about her caretaker, Abby, at the cycle was more than a little creepy. Ah. It definitely was. We enjoyed the backstory on Mars and the Resistance. What do Heidi and Elizabeth think will happen on Mars?
3: Oh, good question. I think they will get independence.
0: Hopefully uh, not in 10 years' time like the um, plan was made out, though. Right, within
3: the time frame of the show, hopefully. Or it just gets blown up completely, one of the two.
0: (laughs)
1: It'll
2: join San Diego. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) The actor who played Abel Horn made him seem very creepy from the beginning, though the premise of the Lazarus project, Subject to living death over and over again is truly horrible. Is it worth the death? Is it worse than death? I think you meant to say, but yeah, you if you were travelling whilst writing this out, don't expect perfect grammar. Yes.
1: She was typing with a lisp, I guess. Is it worse than you? Oh my god, that's <laughs> <Sorry>. hilarious! <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's no. bad. Sorry. <laughs> We find
0: out that Sheridan has a hobby. He collects secrets and knows about something called Bureau 13. An interesting hobby, theories. Talia is very loyal to the core and is keeping secret about what she saw. Do Heidi and Elizabeth think she may change?
3: Yes, I do. I think she will change. It might be too late, though, because I I predicted that she'll die, but I think she will change that. She'll figure out what's... No, that they're doing some underhanded things and slowly she'll I don't know, start working against them. That's my theory anyway. Ooh.
0: We missed the ambassadors. And I think we all did. Yeah. 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 Favourite quote slash exchange if if it was missed Ah uh, this quote I think. Susan of You know how I feel about telepaths. Sheridan, do I ever? You threw one out of the third story window on Io of Vanaver. There was an, a one of a, There was ample room below the window. I assume you knew that. Thanks, Laurie and Carl. Thanks for letting me get that quote right, because I messed it up earlier. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, we've got ratings from both Laurie and Carl. For Laurie, human is Garibaldi and the alien. What alien? <laughs> and her rating... <laughs> Her rating is 7 out of 10 moments of death. And Carl, human as always. He goes for someone kind of not featured in the episode. you got Zach, the new security guard.
3: Okay, what is going on? Is this some kind of punking? Was there actually a Zach?
2: There was a Zach, yes. (laughs) Although although I think you hear him without seeing him, and then you see him without hearing him. him. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Although you find you can figure out which one is Zach because he uh Garibaldi says Zach you're with me and the guy goes over to stand by Garibaldi. That way you know which one is Zach. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna look this up. And again, alien what alien? <laughs> and his rating is simply six out of ten meh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so meh, you can't even bother to give it a rating out of ten.
1: All right, thanks Monica Carl. Thank <laughs>
0: yeah, you. thanks both of you.
3: All right. Yeah, sorry. Next emails uh, from Lisa? Lisa. Hey commanders and ambassadors, it is Lisa again. I am sorry that I have not emailed recently. I did email after the episode A Distant Star and talked about that one in episode 3. But that one was lost and the fa- and the fact that I forgot to write a subject probably did not help. I did not write um sorry. Uh, Is that episode five?
1: Where was...
3: Does she mean episode five? Sorry. I
1: I
0: think she means that, yeah.
3: Okay, I did not write uh, for episode five because, well, I watched the wrong episode and did not realize it until that Friday. Though I will (laughs) say that I agreed with everything you said. Now, I was going to apologize for missing a spider in the web podcast, only to discover that you have not done that one yet. And in its place is a podcast episode that I cannot listen to. (laughs) And I must confess, because of this confusion, I watched Soulmates already. But anyway, on to the episode. (laughs) Well, other than thinking that when seeing that Talia is back, Will is going to be so happy. And loving Taro Asogi. um, And I'm loving Taro Asogi. It was great. I have to say that I'm not the biggest fan of the episode. It is better than The Long Dark but I really did not care about Zombie Boy. Nor did <laughs> I like the fact that Talia lied there for helping the enemy because they were psych I also did not like the fact that despite the fact that the spider was in the title, it did not involve the spider creatures. Yeah, I know. The only thing that really interested me was Sheridan's story of the Takar and the fact that I did not recall watching it um, as I was re-watching it for the first time. It says a lot, I think. Human of the episode, Taro Isogi. Alien of the episode, Takar. Rating?
0: <laughs> um, I'm just trying to look at my keyboard. I think that's four. I think she meant two. Uh, okay.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: So number four <clears throat> is the uh, dollar symbol, at least dollar in the sign. UK keyboards. It might be different yep. Okay. the... Uh...
3: Yeah, no, it is. Okay. Rating? <laughs> dollar sign out of... No, Rating four out of five titles lying to me. Lisa Slack. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks,
1: nice, Lisa. Cheers, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh. our final email is from Yan I'll read that one. Hello fellow lurkers and down below. Here's a bit of feedback for season two, episode six, Spider in the Web. Will is Will's favorite tally adventures is in this episode. <laughs>
0: Will I think you've got a bit of a reputation here. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> in this episode we get something that you probably did not expect in B five, zombies. Two of them and it looks like the Psychor is creating them. I like Tyro Isogi's idea of Mars gaining independence by trade. Battle is such a mess. Mm. The, little, a little, the little exchange of compliments with Isogi, referring to Miss Carter's great-grandfather John was on the first ship of Colonists to Mars, was a nice little nod to one of the sci-fi classics.
0: Or oh, two to- of them.
1: <laughs> 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 to my surprise, the first time, we find out that Ivanova kind of trusts Talia. We get another example of Sheridan having the sense of wonder, and Sheridan collects secrets, a very dangerous hobby, as he tells Garibaldi. Favorites, quote, There's a spider in the web, Mr. Garibaldi, and I intend to find it and kill it.
3: Yeah, that's what I meant. How is he going to do that?
1: Okay. Mm. Human Taro is no aliens. I like this episode, a murder mystery where the murder is already dead. So giving it 8 out of 10 cyber zombies. And with this, watch out for the coming of shadows. Yan, the Babylon Lurker. She is, Yan.
3: Yan. Thank you,
1: Yan. Yan. Thanks,
3: everyone.
1: Okay, the next episode, over the predictions, the next episode is called Soulmates, S O U L.
3: Oh my god, right. two soul
4: hunters. <laughs> it has to be. Well, it would have had to be, but it cannot be anymore. My first prediction when I heard this was that it was about Delenn and Sinclair, Ugh. but it can't uh, be. And that not. makes me sad. Um, Why can't yeah, it I, be? Well, because uh, we've been told he's not coming back, so. <laughs> yeah. That kind of makes it a little impossible. Um but I also, Elizabeth, went to the soul hunter uh idea and um I I'm not sure about two, maybe just um the soul hunter has found his soulmate. Um, or something to do with those young Centauri lovers that we saw in season one Oh and-
3: god no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I knew you'd like that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, There's so many possibilities. My favorite being Delenn and Sinclair,
3: but the sadness. But maybe it could have to do with the Membari because we got a little piece of um Lanier kind of explained a little bit about souls and how they're coming into um earth people. So maybe mm-hmm. we we find an earth person that has a bit of Membari soul in it or something. That would be uh, good. And and they and they figure out that where the soul came from or something like that. Or maybe they figure out where some piece of that leader's soul went. I don't know. I'm really playing on the soul part of this, but... Um.
4: Or to, to get back to the space spiders because that's
3: where <laughs> I always
4: want to go. Um, I had predicted something about that they were, like, um, I don't know, broken souls or something. So, um, oh. so yeah, maybe they're, they are broken souls and it's something about them. And I can always hope. I'm doing your thing that you were doing before, you know, where you just predict the same thing every episode and eventually it'll come true. Eventually (laughs) we have to learn about the space spider so I'm just (laughs) going to (laughs) keep predicting.
3: Yes. I like the idea of souls with laser beams. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So that's... uh, Yeah, we'll see. I would like that.
1: (laughs) What if it was S-O-L-E, mates? (laughs)
3: <laughs> or maybe it's you know Terribaldi get together. It's it's the Terribaldi oh. love story. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, hello oh, Edmund. Thank you for joining us this yes, week. Yes, thank you nice having you.
2: Oh, it's my
0: pleasure. Cheers. I hope you definitely. will come back. It's your voice in, on the Babylon Five circuit from way back.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, as I said, one of the first ones and the old ones. So.
3: Nice. Hopefully, you join us next season.
2: Oh, I'd, I'd like that definitely. Yay! Yeah. Keep
0: an eye out um, later in the year when we po- uh, post the availability. Then you'll want to jump in pretty quickly, I imagine.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the yeah the only reason I was a little late this time was because it was the the afternoon of the uh, the the Monty Python live screening so (laughs) that's my monty Uh, python fandom one out over my babylon 5 fandom that that.
1: so can you remind us where we can find you out there on the web
2: uh sure right now it's uh that's the critical myth podcast which uh is available on the vog network that's vog network.com and uh the uh, the audio the babylon 5 audio drama we did which is actually spoiler free we actually very specifically did a uh, did something uh, uh revol- revolving around Orion 7 which is only mentioned once in the the entire run of the show um uh. and uh that is actually still 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 available it ended about uh, 4 years ago at uh, voicesofbabylon.com
0: nice Okay, and of course you. if you've seen all of Babylon 5 before there's the original Babylon podcast and you've sent in lots of feedback to that so
2: Absolutely yeah. Yeah. People you said
3: a com, right? Yes. Okay. I'm writing that down.
2: Yeah, and definitely, yeah, Babylon podcast is, is wonderful, but but it is uh, completely spoilerific. It it was recorded on the assumption that everybody had already seen it, and uh, and I know I, I've been very happy to to hear about you guys doing this uh, this more of an intro cast because. Uh, I actually had the, the pleasure of going to the, the Phoenix convention last year, where they had the 20th anniversary reunion. And uh, one of the great things was seeing how many new people are are still discovering Babylon Five. So you know there there are still plenty of people out there who uh, who do need to be protected from all the all the wonderful stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
3: that was cool that you got to go to that reunion.
2: Yeah that that was a uh, that's actually where where I uh, fi- finally met Jan in person. We had been oh uh, nice. Yeah, we we'd been writing back and forth, and uh, we used to there. There was a chat room during the the live live feed of the Babylon podcast. They actually opened it up while they were recording, so we'd be all kibitzing. And uh,
0: I was and, on there a couple of times. But mm-hmm. Did it? Could it take pas- part? for most of the time because it did. It took place in the middle of the night for me.
2: Yes, exactly. Yep.
0: <laughs> I was on there live for the JMS interview, though.
2: Yeah, that was yeah that that was spectacular.
0: Oh, it really was, and um, yeah, there was a fair bit that they could couldn't put out from what I remember as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they um, they 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 did send it out over over two shows because it was you know two hours plus, but but I think the actual recording went on for about two hours forty five minutes or so.
0: Yeah, so maybe a podcast people want to seek out after they've listened to all of our programs once we come to the end.
2: Yeah, and uh, just the other thing I wanted to mention about the Babylon podcast was in in the first couple of years, um, because Jeffrey Willerth who was uh, well eventually a producer on the show and was the man inside the Kosh costume, um, they were able to use his connections to get uh, interviews with not only most of the cast but also a lot of the behind the scenes production people. So you know, you, you, it gives you a re- really amazing background into into how the show was made, and uh, and also just confirming how much amazing camaraderie there was among all, among all that, that cast and crew and production staff. Oh, that
3: sounds
1: really interesting.
0: Awesome. And I actually still need to listen to some of the episodes because I kind of uh, could listen to the end of it for various other reasons, but yeah, I've still got basically all of, um, most of season five to listen to, and everything else they did
2: after that Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it was rather amazing, but I, I think they wound up going about seven years for a five-year show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. All right. That's all we have for this time, folks. We'll be back in one week with Soulmates. And until then, goodbye.
0: Be seeing you.
4: Bye. Stroke off. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Look for us on the web, in iTunes, and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.